5-4-3-2-1. I'm John Miglosh for the WDMA. We're going to talk about measurement and targeting today. But first, let's talk about Tom Fishburne. Digital upskilling. Okay. And I'm not sure yet. Well, I've read this ahead, of course, to prepare. What is digital upskilling? <laughs> You know, one one thing I know, if you put digital in front of it, it's really good. That's 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 all I know, right? Digital is everything. Uh, need a growth hacker? No. Grand, brand guru, social media ninja, content rock star? No, no, no. I'm looking for real qualifications, not just buzzwords from your LinkedIn profile. AI prompt engineer? When can you start? Yeah, okay. So I thought about digging into this a little bit and be, and, and pawning myself off as an AI prompt engineer. Uh, but I don't trust AI enough to play with it. <laughs> and every article now that I read, I suspect that it's written by AI because most are so poor. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, Thorson Strauss recently sent a funny observation to me that the prompt engineer is the new growth hacker right the prompt engineer is suddenly an in-demand job as organizations scramble how to work with generative ai seems to me it's degenerative but anyway insider recently reported salaries up to 375,000 for prompt engineers even for those without a technical background it's currently <laughs> You know, and, and if I could take one thing away from 40 years in the marketing industry, it would be ride the wave. Do whatever the market's looking for. You'll make a lot more money for yourself, probably not for your clients. So go for it. But, you know, and if that were my goal, that's what I should have done. I should have I should have grabbed CRM database marketing, one-to-one -one marketing, and everything that did that the internet offered, even if it was complete smoke and mirrors. But anyway, it's con it's currently a seller's market and prompt engineer is getting too many linked is getting added to to too many LinkedIn profiles. And yet Andrew May, who runs Comms Lab at OpenAI and was himself an early prompt engineer at OpenIA in 2020, in 2020 recently observed the term prompt engineer is feeling as antiquated as typist or computer operator. We're all prompt engineers now. Well, I'm not, I have to say. A decade ago, growth hacker was the trendy new job title. I remember that. It's still around, but not as much. The shelf life of growth hacker title passed quickly, but elements of growth marketing endured. Similarly, the role of standalone prompt engineers may not stand the test of time, but knowing how to work the, with the AI tools increasingly will be table stakes. You'll have to know, you'll have to know AI. And I've been talking with a PhD friend of mine, and she was lamenting the, the, <laughs> students using it so she got involved using it 
she thought I was especially good at poetry. <clears throat> She's, I think she teaches. In, she teaches somewhere in the humanities, I'm not sure. In the long run, it's less about, it's less about the title du jour than about digital upskilling in general. AI prompt engineering is just one more area in the endless curriculum of digital upskilling. We all upskilling. <laughs> digital skills, you mean, Fishburn? You mean digital skills? <laughs> digital training? Where'd you get this word? I bet you got it from ChatGPT. Okay. Anyway, as I recently... As- <laughs> As I heard recently, it's not so much about the risk of AI coming for your job as the risk of someone who knows how to use AI coming for your job. Well, I think both are true. (laughs) I think AI is coming for your job. You may not even see it as AI, and it probably won't be under the the umbrella of ChatGPT. But, you know, with the right testing and the right understanding, we can make use of dramatically faster uh, content creation and dramatically faster analysis. You know, we pioneered AI in segmentation back in the mid '90s, and uh, it still works today, right? And um, now it's just automated and much less effective, which is another problem. Once you get rid of the people who really understand how it works, you may not be using it to its maximum potential. And that's certainly true. We'll get into that a little bit later in the show. What's our marketing strategy? Marketing is dead. I'm a growth hacker. We create product market fit. Find scrappy ways to get the word out and optimize with data to grow. What part of that isn't marketing? The hubris. Amen to that. That's one of his best. Okay. (laughs) Here's another one. We just have to amplify digital, experiential, transformational, social influence engagement if we want to wait. What do we do again? (laughs) Gesundheit. Really? Yeah, and uh, we'll just go on. Okay, now here's an interesting article that does mention direct mail. That's why I found it, because I search on direct mail every day. Um, By David Villa, or Villa, maybe. David Villa. He's from Tampa, Florida. He's CEO of IPD, which sounds like a medical device, but it does have a link in the article. A world-class marketing agency based in Tampa, Florida. So now we know that he's world-class. He's an author, speaker, and trainer, and CEO of a world-class marketing agency. Well, that sounds like that second cartoon up above. But anyway, let's read what he had to say in Forbes. For years, marketing has been an uncertain science. Of course, there's a sense in which science is always uncertain, right? There's always more to know. Often, business owners feel as if they're throwing money at various advertising campaigns and seeing what will stick. Right? John Wanamaker. 80%, this client told him, 80% of his clientele come from 20% of his marketing efforts. And that's just a Pareto principle. That doesn't, that isn't anything astounding, right? It's just, it probably is true. Um, but he wasn't sure which 20, which is a sad part. You know, if you take back in the old days when we rented dozens of mailing lists at once, there were always a few really good ones and then lots of mediocre ones. Okay. Now, the interesting thing was if you 
got rid of all the mediocre ones. You say, well, I'm just going to sell. I'm just going to use those really, you know, really high performing ones. The next graph would look just the same. We're going to have a, a couple of high performing ones and lots of mediocre ones because that's the way it is. That's the way it is with gas stations, and that's the way it is with with nuclear physics and the whole bit and the size of stars. <clears throat> but few know what's working for their company and what isn't, okay? It's a double-edged sword, and I don't think he understands the way this metaphor is supposed to be used. There's no reason to put forth effort and resource towards something that doesn't generate a proper ROI. But if you aren't sure what to focus on, how can you measure? I don't see how that's a double-edged sword. He didn't even put a period in there for the second part. Maybe a semicolon would have worked better. But anyway, uh, David, I'm going to be a little hard on you today. I apologize. I don't mean to be hard on you, but I worked in an agency for a while, and I was hard on them too. If you aren't sure what to focus on, how can you measure your marketing campaign effectively? Good point. Excellent point. So... So the fundamental is that advertising agencies aren't sure what to focus on, nor are businesses. He recommends that business owners get to know your marketing people. Find out what's working, what, what works, what doesn't, and how do we know what's working and what isn't? Which is a great question. Maybe the best question in this article. Okay? And he said he's racked his brains for years and... Questions that my marketing team is responsible for and understand for years and questions that my marketing team is responsible for understanding that question it requires hours. And this is where it lost me it requires hours dedicated to reading data and forming opinions on that data. And here's the problem. Here's the problem with the whole article. It goes downhill from here is that. Data is not self-revealing. Data will not tell you what the important features of it are. It, it won't. <laughs> and that is why the scientific method doesn't stop there. The scientific method starts with observation. That's where David seems to be stopping. He's stopping with observation. The next is hypothesis. And maybe a hypothesis is a fun, fancy word for opinions. Maybe that's what he means by opinions. Maybe he means some kind of hypothesis about what is the most important variable what has causal force in the advertising uh, process and in the buying decision and that would be great except you know we don't even get that far that that far next you have to fashion a test there's not the word testing in here anywhere the way to find this out the way to know is to set up tests okay so you mail you mail the same thing to everybody on 20 different lists, and you'll have some idea of the incremental differential between the lists. Makes sense, right? Or you take the same list or the same group of lists, and you mail two different things, very carefully selected. That's called an A-B test. You go every other piece, okay? It's a random selection. It's on the same day. It has a pretty good chance of showing you which is the winner that doesn't tell you the answer it just tells you on this day with this list this one now you have to speculate why did it win that's and then generate another hypothesis that's the process 
That's the process of direct marketing. Obviously, David has never encountered direct marketing. He doesn't understand that he's he's in the in the realm of of brand advertising. You run a campaign, you hope it works. When it starts to seem to work less, you do another campaign. You hope it's a breakthrough. You hope and hope. You try and try, and you never really know what's going on. That's the difference between direct marketing and marketing, or this brand of marketing. Okay. So he says some owners are hands-on, some aren't. It's crucial for owners to get involved. I always like working with owners. The last one, the probably one of the best ones I ever worked with was Dick Cabela, and I worked hand in hand with him and uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot. A common mistake is shifting from one marketing focus to the next. He argues against shifting too soon. How fast is too soon? Well, we do minor tweaks, but sometimes it's end of month. Sometimes it's a slow week. And you just try things over and over and over. And you'll never know all the variables that go in, and you'll never know the incremental value of your advertising. This is a recipe for not knowing. But you can hire this world-famous, I don't doubt that at all, I don't doubt that they're big and successful and they make a lot of money because their CEO has time to write books and and speak and coach and do all kinds of things besides run an ad agency. Lastly, focus on digital. Digital is everything. Everybody knows that. Digital is the answer to everything. But digital will never give you a key component to finding out the truth about what's working. One of the questions we ask if we looked at list A and list B, or if we looked at the buyers and the non-buyers on any given list, assuming we kept everything else the same, what makes one person, or what makes, right, what makes one person, household, group, buy when another doesn't? What, what direct mail gives you that no other advertising gives you is it gives you the null set. It says, here's the ones who bought, and here's the ones who didn't buy, who saw decided, who engaged. No other medium has that. Digital certainly doesn't have that. And so I would challenge David, I'm happy to have you on my show, be different and understand direct marketing and direct mail and how the two fit together. Shifting from targeting to suppression. This was an excellent article by Nick Graham. He said that, you know, we're losing ways to to target in digital. Digital isn't everything. Uh, and he'll tell you that. He's, he says, considering a return to a broadcast model, and by that he means, you know, not trying to get to get into your onto your screen the minute you mention Morocco. Now you see ads for Morocco because, you know, because Google heard me talk about it on my phone. You know, I have no intention of going to Morocco. Never will, probably. Um, not interested. I've got probably 100 other places I'd rather go. But my daughter, my sister just went to Morocco, so I know something about it. She had a good time. I'm, there's nothing wrong with going to Morocco. But the the fallacy is that just hearing a word doesn't necessarily give you the context, which was the promise of digital. We can we can get the ad on the screen the minute the person utters the word Morocco. Should have called it the Morocco principle, and. Uh, but that that targeting is getting less and less effective 
people, digital advertising is getting less and less effective. And so, uh, and so Nick here is arguing that perhaps we should worry more about who not to contact than, than who to target precisely. And I've said that basically since I got started because direct marketing was always about target, target, target. And I knew they really didn't target because they didn't have the tools to really target. You know, they didn't have the real-time information to, to listen for people looking for Morocco. <laughs> they just didn't have it. You know, they could, they could take people who had gone on cruises or people who had gone on trips to Africa, safaris maybe, or they could do, you know, a number of things. People who were interested in mail and had a lot of money, you know, they could try that. Uh, but they just didn't have the capability. Digital claimed that capability. I, I argue that it never had it. But I've always felt like it's easier to suppress uninterested potential audience than it is to target precisely. Plus, as you target more and more precisely, even if it's successful, your business will shrink. And that's something I'm, I'm going to be talking about RFM and how you shrink your business with RFM and how dangerous it is. Uh, I got to get a title together for that um, and uh, send it off right after this show. But it's going to be with um, Brian Kurtz and I have the link. I put the link in yesterday's or Friday's show. I'll put the link in again. If you want to join uh, Brian Kurtz's Titans group, um, that link will get you information on that on that topic. And, you know, maybe you can get a sample month or something. And I'll be speaking on Thursday live. So anyway, <clears throat> so suppression allows you to keep a big audience, but reduce audience annoyance of being shown ads they're not interested in or for products they're already bought. You know, suppress your recent buyers. Uh, or, you know, oftentimes you want to make, you want to make a, an offer, a great offer to prospects, but you're not so excited about your, giving it to your regular buyers. You know, you just erode the margin. They're probably going to buy again anyway. And so in that light, oftentimes we'll mail our prospects differently than we'll mail our customers. Direct mail lets you do that just super easy, you know, and rarely do people compare the mailers between households. <laughs> okay. Um, but basically that's the, the idea is suppression gives you possibility of much larger audiences and and merely eliminating the ones that you don't think have the ability to buy and that's what this is about um, it's especially about targeting light and medium buyers that's the new thing in brand advertising they realize that the 80 20 is is true but how do you lift the entire curve rather than trying to cut to that high performance 20%, which is what everybody tries to do. It doesn't work. I learned that from John Worth. You can't cut to that 20% because when you mail that, it'll still be an 80-20. Just can't beat it. So therefore, how can we raise the curve, the performance overall? And you do that with observation, hypothesis, testing, measurement, and retool to get theory the only way to really look into the future is with a theory have a great day like and share 
Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.